Well, welcome to episode two of the Irreplaceable Dental Assistant podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about something that you're going to uh, encounter from time to time, maybe once, maybe more than once a week. It's here and it's here to stay. The anxious patient. How do we manage a patient with anxiety? You know, some people just thinking about the dental office causes them to have palpitations. Their heart begins beating at 100 miles per hour and they haven't even stepped in the door yet. It could have been because of a past experience or it could simply be fear of the unknown. Having heard other people's stories, you know, just created this unexplainable fear and so we know that we don't treat teeth we treat people who have teeth and so that means that we're always looking at the whole picture the whole patient and if we are not able to help a patient manage anxiety it can cause stress and chaos in the entire office and allow the patient to work out, walk out the door with a, a negative experience. So let's talk about a few things that we can do to ensure that the stress level in the office is significantly decreased for that patient. First of all, I think the initial appointment should always have a little added time to it so that not only are we going to review the medical history but we're also going to probe to determine what is this patient's mindset are they relaxed are they anxious do they need to know all the details what's going on with this person and knowing that from the onset will allow you to determine how best to set those appointments. People may not tell you verbally that they're anxious, but you'll see it in their fidgeting, you'll see it in their how their speech comes out, you know, whether they're stuttering or, you know, just seemingly uncomfortable. So let's talk about a few things that we can do to make things feel less stressful for the patient. First of all, I am using what you can use right now, tone of voice. Picture this, the patient is in the waiting room. They've arrived, they've filled out their paperwork and they're waiting to be seen. Somebody comes, walks halfway down the hall and says, Margaret, who's Margaret? Margaret, you're next. If Margaret is sitting in the waiting room and she's already anxious, do you think that something like that is going to make her feel more relaxed? Or is that going to send Margaret's heart in overdrive? How about walking up to the patient, introducing yourself, letting them know that you are going to take care of them today. If you don't allow cell phones on in the clinical area may advise them to turn off their cell phone at this time and then you wait for them to be ready stand up and you walk with them you accompany them to the clinical area that is so much less stressful 
than calling somebody's name from across the room and signaling them to come. So tone of voice can be extremely important. You know, speaking in a way that's not mousy, but it's it's soothing. It's soothing. If your voice is not not naturally soothing, maybe that's something that you could work on. You know what? Humor is a great stress buster. I can't tell you how many corny jokes I have told over the years. Truth be told, if you woke up my staff in the middle of the night, they could probably recite all of them. God bless them. They put up with me. But humor really is a good tool for creating a less stressful environment. You know what also helps? Music, soothing music. Notice I said soothing music. So that may mean instrumentals or soft ballads, um, anything like that. If it's not playing in the office, well, we can suggest that the patient returns for the next visit with their favorite playlist and their earbuds. And while we're working, they are self-medicating by listening to soothing music. It's a great distraction, a positive distraction. You know what also gives patients a sense of relief when they feel they have some control? Let me explain to you what I mean by that. If a patient knows that you will allow them to stop if they're in distress, if they're having pain, if something is out of the sorts, it brings a certain degree of relief. So many times I'll say to the patient, okay, if you need me to stop, just raise your left hand. Of course, I'm on the right side. So raising the left hand would not be in my work area. And it's an easy way for me and my dental assistant to recognize that something is happening and we need to break. That small amount of control given to the patient can make a big difference in how they feel. Also, we can be relaxed or we can become anxious based on what we see. We know what all the instruments are for, but many times our instruments can look a little intimidating to the patients. So we try to make sure that instruments are being passed in a way that the patient can't see. So sometimes it's behind the head or below the chin um, on top of the chest where when their eyes are looking upward, we can get away with that. So whatever you do, try not to let them see that dental syringe when they're gonna get anesthetic, because that, that may just let them flip out. So keeping instruments out of sight, out of the patient's sight, is, is one of the tools that can help to keep them calm. Now, sharing information can go both ways. There's some personalities, they want to know every single detail about what you're doing so that they can prepare themselves and they can be ready. There are others, they don't wanna know a thing. 
They don't want to hear any details. Just do what you're doing, Doc. As a matter of fact, I'll close my eyes. So understanding who that person is in your chair can allow you to give them what they need to be comfortable. A dental assistant should always have a poker face. What do I mean by that? It is possible that things don't go according to plan in the middle of a procedure. Complications may develop, but that patient should never be able to tell that there's a problem based on your facial expression or your tone of voice. You need to be calm at all times, regardless of what's happening. When everything is finished and the patient is dismissed, you can go to the bathroom and wipe your armpits because you probably would have been sweating profusely. But in the moment, you have to have that poker face. The other thing I want you to bear in mind is choice of words. Now, again, it's very important to be mindful Patients are often hanging on to our every word. So choose your words carefully. Let me give you an example. You might want to talk about creating a moisture-free environment as opposed to saying, oh, I'm suctioning blood out of the area. Okay, <laughs> that one word, blood, can make somebody's blood pressure go from zero to 100 even if it expect if even if it's expected to bleed why because blood means oh my god something is going wrong i'm in trouble here no we just need to use words that will relay the information to your doctor but will not alarm or frighten the patient can I tell you, the more organized and prepared you are, the more you build confidence in the patient that you know what you're doing. And everybody is ultimately more relaxed when they feel that they are being cared for by someone who knows what they're doing. So be organized, have your setups ready Make sure that when you seat the patient and you're going through the motions, you're not running all around the place spinning. Oh my God, I forgot this. Or You are organized. Everything is set up and you can just focus on making sure that that patient is well supported. You know what? This is something that I do all the time. Touch, the right touch can be very soothing. Now, I have found that just on the shoulder is a very non-threatening zone. It's a safe zone to touch a patient without them reading anything between the lines. Just a gentle rub on the shoulder, not an extensive touch. It signals, hey, everything's gonna be all right. Now, as you go along, you're gonna realize that there are some 
more tips that you develop along the way. Or maybe you observe other people doing things that they instinctively do, but you can add to your set of tools to make a patient feel less anxious. Because a calm patient is going to allow the procedures to go through to take place so much easier than if the patient is anxious. I tell you, if an anxious patient is not controlled, by the time they're leaving the office, everybody is frazzled. So let's bear in mind, we're gonna assess the patient. If the patient appears to be anxious, there's some things that we can put in place. Our tone of voice, our choice of words, being properly prepared, ensuring that we use some words and choose not to use others, that that our patients can't look in our eyes and sense that something is wrong or hear our tone of voice and become alarmed. And we want to make sure that we don't have intimidating instruments being passed in front of the patient's eyes. And, you know, music is good. Humor breaks down any kind of stress and giving that patient a sense of control to stop if they need to goes a long way in relieving stress. The progress of tomorrow is the preparation of today. The progress of tomorrow is the preparation of today. I want you to hold on to those words because it simply means if you anticipate and prepare, when things happen, you will find that they go through so much more smoothly because you've already prepared. And so I am encouraging you, like Lila, Lila Akita, who I stole that quote from, to just be prepared and do the best that you can to ensure that you're properly equipped and organized so that you will give that patient a sense of calm because you know exactly what you're doing. All right, another session. You did great. The irreplaceable dental assistant doesn't have to wear a label. When you're irreplaceable, it's obvious to your doctor, the other members of the team, and most importantly, to the patients. So go the extra mile to make patients comfortable and relaxed and they will stick with you forever. Now that's a fact. We'll meet again sometime soon because we're better together.